This is Driven by Data, the podcast. Welcome to Driven by Data, the podcast, brought to you by Orbition Group and hosted by me, Kyle Winterbottom. Orbition Group is delighted to bring this podcast series, which boasts some of the most high-profile data, analytics, and AI thought leaders from across the globe. Each episode details the journey to the top of our industry's most respected leadership figures, while bringing unique insights drawn from first-hand experience on the industry's most trending topics, told in order to share knowledge, experiences, and ideas to inspire, innovate, and give back to the global data and analytics community. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. Welcome to Driven by Data, the podcast. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by Marie Henzer, who is the Data and Product Strategy Director for Lumina Intelligence. So Marie, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Good. Um, so look, where we always start, Marie, is by asking our guests to give us a brief introduction of you know, their background and I guess journey to date, if you'd be so kind. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I've had a bit of an interesting journey into data, I think. So I started originally um, studying psychology and business in uni. So um, quite statistics heavy, quite data heavy, but not necessarily with the view of going into data and working with data. But then actually, as I went through that, I realized that there's a lot of data that is needed in businesses. And, you know, everyone listening to this will know that and will agree with that. But for me, that was quite a revelation in, in uni. And I realized that I quite love working with data and I love all of the opportunity that you have in data so I decided that's something I wanted to go into so I kind of went from this psychology business more into the analytics and data direction and so over um, my career I uh, I worked for some uh, companies like McDonald's and Weetabix um, in their insights. Um, but what I really love and what I've been doing a lot um, throughout my career is working on agency side. So with data providers, um, I did some time with uh, Nielsen and now most recently with Lumen Intelligence. So really working in that space of providing data to companies to help their decision making, to help um, their help their business, help their market understanding, and just being that kind of consultant to companies through data um, but of course through that um, that's a really good connection into those analytics teams on the client side um, and that's so luminous where I've been working for the last four years roughly um, and yeah that's nice. uh, that kind of short version of it <laughs> yeah very good very good and you're obviously you're from Germany you've got the most perfect English accent <laughs> um ever which is uh which is fascinating how long have you been yeah. in the uk then oh in the uk i've been for almost five years i want to say yeah wow. five years roughly probably okay. um lived in lived and worked in spain before that so i've kind of been been everywhere a little bit lived in shanghai for some time and um yeah but right. uh, ended up here in the uk and it's Very a great good. place for data great great place for research as well <laughs> so um yeah love it here Good. So for people that aren't familiar with Lumina Intelligence as a business, then just give us a bit of a background and overview about what you guys do as a business and, you know, I guess the type of customers that you serve and sectors and all of that type of stuff, if you mm -hmm. if you will. Yeah. Lumina Intelligence is uh, one of the leading consultancies in the food and drinks industry. So that is 
um, any company that works with food and drinks, but also retail and hospitality. Um, and those are our clients. So, you know, name a food and drinks brand or retail brand or hospitality brand, and we will most likely have worked with them at one point. And what we do is we're um, consultants for those companies. So we help them make decisions by providing them with data um, or recommendations, depending on what they want. If they just want data about the market, they can get that. If they want consultancy and interpretation and advice, they can get that as well. Um, and anything in between, almost, you know. So that's um, that's what Lumen Intelligence do. So really, one of the leading consultancies in in food and drink, um, and retail and hospitality. Nice, nice. Okay, yeah, that's interesting. I, I wasn't, I didn't realize that you did the consultancy piece as well as the mm-hmm. the, the the data providing. Yeah, I guess. yeah, absolutely. And it's you know anything around. It could be shopper information. So what do people buy? It could be about attitudes. So what do people think about certain brands? It could be about market information. So really understanding um, what kind of products are in the market or what kind of products are on restaurant menus, for example, you know, just really understanding a really wide, um, wide number of, of issues and, uh, and data topics across those sectors. Yeah, nice. Okay, fair enough. So I guess where, what's what's your role within the business? And you know, where, where does that sit? What are you tasked with achieving? You know, how, how do you, I guess, how do you add value to, to this concept? Mm-hmm. Um, all about data. So um, I look after two functions. So one is the data team, um, which looks after the data, you know, um, appropriately named, but um, (laughs) that's all about collecting the right data, um, but then also making sure that that data is made available to our analysts, but also to our clients in the right format. So um, making sure that this is a bit of, you know, my mantra, but providing the right data in the right format for every kind of data user, um, is super important. And that's one of those, that's actually the main thing that the data team look after and that I look after. So really making sure um, we understand what analysts need, we understand what businesses need, what kind of data is relevant for them, and also what kind of format they need it in. So how is it going to be delivered with the most impact for those for those data users and for those analysts? So that's um, the data side of things. But then I also look after product strategy, so data as a product, and just making sure that um, the data that we provide is relevant and is packaged in the best way for our clients, and just really making sure that, you know, um, we look forward in terms of what's data usage going to look like five, 10 years from now, and how can Lumina Intelligence provide the right data in the right format, um, not just now, but five to 10 years down the line, and just you know making sure that we look ahead of what is the future of data usage going to be, and, um, and what kind of data products are going to, going to fulfill those needs that our clients are going to have. Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting and a really good point you make there, I guess, around the data that you provide and the hands that that data falls in, right? I guess across an organization that the level of literacy will vary, right? Depending upon who you're presenting data to and therefore how they see that, you know, whether it's in a spreadsheet or whether it's in a dashboard or whatever the case may be. Um, 
is really important, right? To make sure that they can understand what they're they're looking at. Um, so talk, talk us through then from that, you know, productizing the data that you effectively, you know, move on to to kind of end user organizations. How have you gone about productizing that? What's been the strategy behind who sees what and the format and all of that type of stuff that you just discussed there? Um, it absolutely goes down the route of what you were, you were just saying. There are different kinds of data users and you'll have anything from, you know, the MD um, that just wants, let's say, a message to their phone at 7.45 every Monday morning with this one KPI and they just want that one number once a week automated all the way over to a data scientist that says, I don't care about a PowerPoint presentation. I don't care about an Excel sheet. Just give me the raw data. I'm going to just analyze that myself. I don't, I don't need you guys for that. You know, and you have everyone in between there. You'll have some users that are more data-driven. You'll have some users that are more visual that just want to, you know, they don't necessarily like an Excel sheet or, you know, they don't necessarily like analyzing the data themselves, but they still want access to the data and they still want flexibility. So, you know, um, more visual solutions like dashboards, like you just mentioned. Um, so that's basically the starting point is trying to understand, you know, all of that data that we could collect. First of all, how is that going to be delivered? Because you could have the most beautiful data, you can have the most complete data, it could be brilliant quality, but if people don't know how to use it or if they don't have it in the right format, it's just going to go to waste, isn't it? You know, you could it's just going to sit somewhere, people aren't going to look at it, um, and that'll be it. And, you know, that's, that's um, a very sad situation, you know, personally speaking, as a professional, to know that there is so much data sitting in different folders at organizations in a PowerPoint presentation that isn't being used, but also from a business point of view, you know, it's just a waste of money, really, if you if you spend that money and then you don't really use the data that comes out of it. So the starting point is really, how is it going to be delivered? What's the pro product going to look like? And then taking a step back from that is um, there are different reasons that people buy data. So um, some companies want to contextualize their own data. So, you know, lots of companies have their own analytics teams and what they want is they don't just want to see their own data. They want to be able to say, okay, this is our own data, but this is how the competitors are doing. And, you know, so is a five good or is a five bad without the context, you don't really know. So that is one of the reasons. So those context pieces um, where you could provide, for example, sales data, or you could buy sales data as a company to compare your own sales out performance, your own sales out numbers with um, with numbers of competitors, and then contextualize and you know compare and um, and benchmark. Um, that's one of the one of the products or one types of products. And then you have the full bespoke, as in you know we just want to find something out that we didn't know before. So that's all about learning something new, testing something out. You know your classic product test, for example. Is this concept going to work? Are people going to buy that? Do they like it? Um, but something really bespoke and really specific. Um, and you know you have lots of different options as a data company. Um, the route that we're taking with our product portfolio is, um, again, we're trying to just cater to the breadth of the market. So either through really data-driven products, um, we also have really consultancy-driven products where the end user actually doesn't have to do a lot of analysis themselves. They're being served that um, analysis in a kind of pre-digested dashboard or in a pre-digested report, and they're just getting the um, tailored recommendations out of it. Um, but really, the goal is 
kind of going across that entire spectrum and um, and providing that data in the different formats, but also making sure it's the right kind of data. So contextualizing or something completely bespoke. Um, so, and, you know, it's a really wide playing field that, you know, in terms of data, data provision and, and providing data to companies. Um, but it is really important, you know, like only having that internal view on your own data um, doesn't doesn't provide you with the kind of benchmark that you may need to make a decision or to identify, is this a problem or is this fine? Um, so I think that contextualizing um, with market information or competitor information, for example, is really important um, for companies to make those right decisions. Yeah, that's and that's interesting. So quite a, a obviously a broad spectrum there. I guess if you were to put your your finger on where the bulk of the, the work that you guys do is it tend to be that you're providing data to analytics teams that are then doing things with that data or is it typically more in the realms of leadership where they're just they just want to see something and make decisions from or is it a bit of both it's a bit of both to be honest it's um i think it has moved a little bit where years ago um you'd have a lot of analysts and you know really specific analytics teams or insights teams that would be in charge of that data and they would be the kind of guardians of that data if you want and they'd be the main customers but actually um what we have seen is because they're that data is so much more available and it's so much more ingrained in everyday decision making data doesn't just have to be understood by those insights analysts or by those data scientists um it's used across the board by everyone. So even people that maybe 10 years ago never thought they'd be using data in their day-to-day job. Mm-hmm. Now, all of a sudden, they do. Um, so you have a lot of those, well, you still have a lot of those insights analysts and of those data scientists and even more uh, than you had, you know, maybe five, 10 years ago. But actually, you do see that it has just broadened out and there are so many different kinds of different kinds of data users that just require that data on a day-to-day basis so really it's just becoming more and more diversified rather than you know going back to that you know going back to that more narrow um, narrow group of people that uses it but it's actually pretty much everyone across a business so that's why it's so important to make sure that um, data is being used throughout and everyone knows how to use the data but also for data providers to be aware of that and making sure that they provide data in the right format and they're aware of what's going on in those organizations and they can make sure they provide the right data and the right format yeah yeah and that makes sense i guess from a you know if you you go back a few years and and as you just mentioned there you know the 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 people across an organization now that use data that are more data literate, more data savvy, want to make decisions based off, you know, evidence-based decisions effectively has, has increased, right? It's no longer just the data analytics capabilities that that are interested in that. Have you seen any kind of trends or patterns as to, you know, what type of data your clients are, are requiring, you know, and that, that shift over the last few years? I think... There is still a trend towards market data. So that contextualizing piece, again, going back to that, a lot of companies are developing their analytics capabilities. So they have better access to their own data. So consequently, after you have 
access to your own data and you understand your own data, the next step is going to be the question of, well, is this good or is this bad? You know, and uh, and and where can we start then to make decisions and to make changes to improve our performance? So that market data, I think, is a really, really powerful piece, um, a piece of data for companies to make decisions. So there has definitely been a trend into that direction because we have seen even small startups um, are really good at analytics these days. And, you know, they have, they almost start with an analytics team and then they build the rest of the company around it because they say knowing about our data and knowing about our performance is so important. And so you you see a lot of, you know, smaller companies that in the past maybe wouldn't have bought any data or wouldn't have been interested in, in buying market data. They actually say, no, this is important to us. We need to know um, how we're performing compared to the big guys or compared to our direct competitors. And um, so that is definitely a trend that we've seen in that market data becoming more important across the board for all different kinds of companies. Yeah. I know this would be completely subjective to the business and the sector and you know the type of business and size of the business and so on and so forth. But what type of financial numbers are we talking about here in terms of, you know, the the amount that organizations are spending on acquiring data? You have um, anything from a few hundred pounds to hundreds of thousands of pounds. It really depends on what a company is buying, what kind of scope they're looking at. It could be anything from, oh, I just want that one number. Can you get me that? Yeah, that's probably at the lower end of that. But you also have companies that buy into data subscription where they get constant access to market information. And for some data providers, those products can go up to hundreds of thousands of pounds, if not, you know, above that, depending on how many categories a company wants to look at. But there's a lot of money being spent on external data. Um, so there's a, there's a there's a big market for it. But I think the one thing that's really important there is just making sure that that's a good investment and it's an investment that is being made looking ahead and looking at how that data is going to be integrated with the wider business. Because if you're going to spend that amount of data, uh, that amount of money on data, then you want to make sure you use it properly. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's one of the challenges, I think, that, um, that I see quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. I think that whole integration piece is is a very um, very relevant topic right now, and I know that we're going to jump into into that as we as we kind of you know um, unravel the the podcast a little bit and talk about this. But I guess in terms of how decisions are typically being made within the organisation around you know why businesses are acquiring data, from your experience, do you think that's generally from a at the business level or is that more project led and i guess the reason i ask and you've you know you've probably heard me bang on about this marie on linkedin several times but you know there's this in my opinion there's this whole peer pressure slash obligation to be doing something or more with data and i think a lot of businesses go on this journey and sometimes there's no real strategy behind why they're doing it other than everyone is talking about it our competitors are doing it you know there's this just like panic almost that right we should be doing something and then if they you know they're a business that doesn't have access to a lot of that data it becomes really difficult you know they will go out to companies like yours and they will purchase data and then it's like right now we've got it 
now what do we do right so do, do you see any trends with that in terms of you know are organizations going getting data for the sake of getting data so then they can look to do something with it or is it often more you know they're trying to build a i don't know doing a data science project to build a model that's going to tell them this and they're going after specific types of data and i know again that's subjective and will you know probably varies from company to company but is you know do you see any trends or patterns with with that the one thing i completely agree with is if you work with data you have to know why you have to know what you're looking for and what you're trying to answer because once you start going into the data and you know, normally with internal data sets or external data sets, they're quite large and you can really get lost in them. And all of a sudden you completely forgot what you set out to do and it becomes completely inefficient. So you always have to start with what am I trying to solve or what answer am I trying to get from this data set? And it's the same with buying data. Um, when companies go out and they buy external data, you have to know why. You have to know why you're buying that data and you have to know what you're going to do with it um, and how it's going to benefit your business. Because if you say, oh, yeah, you know, I want this benchmarking number because everyone else hasn't, it would just be good to know it. You know, you have to think about whether that's a valid business case for spend, you know, depends on the amount of money. But if it's just nice to know and you don't know what you're going to do with the information other than putting it in a PowerPoint every Monday morning and saying, yeah, that looks nice, you know, it's maybe not worth the money. So I think, um, I don't know if we've necessarily seen trends in that direction, but what I can definitely say is consultancy that we do at Lumen Intelligence is really important to clients because sometimes what happens is they do get lost in the data and there is a lot of data out there. And yes, it is complex to consolidate all of it and make a story out of it and really get to the bottom of bottom of um, what that key message is or that key insight is. Um, but that's why all of us as data users have to take a step back before we do any analysis and we have to say, what are we trying to get out of this? What's our goal? And then should we be buying this data? Should we be buying that data? And what are we going to do with the data that we buy? And how are we going to integrate that into our story? Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's that's my view on that. Yeah. No, and, and look, I, I completely agree, right? I think, you know, regardless of whatever is happening within an organization, as far as data analytics goes, it, it needs to be tied to the business strategy right and there'd be a real purpose as to why an organization is doing something and in this case why they need to go and acquire this data and what they're going to do off the back of it but i guess you know just thinking about all the other topics that we discuss across this industry oh it often tends to come back to that point that you know businesses they just want to do something with it you know it's kind of the they're excitable about this and, and therefore they're just investing money in things that they don't really know why they're doing it um and i guess for me there's there's two problems with that, especially in this scenario, right? You know, there's, if they're going acquiring data, as you said, because it's, it seems like this is data that we should have, and it's, it's nice to have, um, that's just a cost if it's not used, right? And there's no value driven out the other side. And then, you know, the second piece of that is that if it is project based, often what, what I see is that, you know, data comes in, they use it for one project. So whatever that case may build a model, for example, and then that's it. And it's kind of left and it's that, that data that they've just spent whatever 200,000 pound on, for example, is pushed to the side and unmanaged, not maintained. And that's it, you know, end of story and they'll move on to, to the next, next project, which I guess leads us nicely into the, the point around 
silos, right? Because I think if um, if I was to correlate a lot of frustrations from data leaders, in my opinion, from the conversations that I have in my line of work and the podcast and stuff, that whole silo piece really is one of probably the biggest frustrations and barriers to having successful data analytics initiatives, I guess, in in my opinion, um, and the wastage that often comes with that, uh, amongst other things, of course. So what, in your opinion, from an acquisition standpoint of, you know, businesses that are coming to you to acquire data from you for certain things, what impact does that silo have on, on that? You know, what, what have you seen in that regard? What we see sometimes, I don't want to say a lot, but sometimes is that companies come to us and they buy data, let's say for a, an ad hoc project, um, a one-off project, and they run that project all, all nice and well, it gets delivered and so on. And then three years later, the entire team maybe has changed um, in the client organization. And three years later, they come back and they want to run exactly the same study again, or really similar one. Um, and sometimes you just know it's going to give them the same data again, because there's not going to be a lot of change. But the main reason that this happens is because the team on their end maybe isn't necessarily aware of the projects that were run before because they don't necessarily have access to that data in a central place. So, you know, you could have 20 years of data that was acquired sitting in different folders in your company's system and no one will ever find it. You know, let's be honest, I I have trouble finding my own folders sometimes. <laughs> and, you know, that's only about four years worth of folders. It, I have seen it, you know, working for working for companies on the client side before that it's really difficult once you start to get a really easy overview over what data has been acquired before and what learnings can we take from that data now um, that's going to help us make those make those decisions and not run the same study again and not not buy the same study the, the same data again. Um, the, the main thing there is, it's just going to waste money, isn't it? You know, it's going to waste money because you're going to spend money on something really similar to what has been collected before. It's also wasting time because if we have integrated data and really easy access to all of the data that a company owns, either internal or external, um, we can use that to make assumptions about the future and we can take a step further rather than just confirming the same thing again. We can go into the future. Things like, let's say, product tests, right? Um, a company does lots of product tests over the years. Um, at this point in analytics, we're so far that we can take past results and we can predict whether this new concept is going to be successful or not. We don't have to test it. We can predict it. We can test it if we want the, the certainty, but maybe more light touch. So that means we're going to save money and we can invest it in other data that's actually going to make a difference. So I think really structured and organized data access and not working in silos is really important to just keep the business going and look forward. And I'm not just saying this because I'm German, but organized data <laughs> is really important. <laughs> it just really does make a difference. So I know this isn't this isn't the most attractive topic, but data management is one of the key aspects in my in my view on making data work and making learnings not just disappear in a folder somewhere, but actually making those learnings from the past that you know the company paid for in the past because they acquired the data go further and help in the future. Um, so that really efficient use of data for me is just 
really important. And I think that's one of the main things that we see as data providers is that that doesn't necessarily happen as much at the moment because we do see the same briefs coming through over and over again. Um, and that's from a personal point of view as someone working in data, frustrating um, because it means that that management piece isn't necessarily there. Mm. The whole data management piece is is fascinating for me because I think I've certainly seen over the last 12 months or so, there's been a definite resurgence in organizations' appetite and interest in that area. And you know, I think there's, you know, there's a whole host of factors for that. But I think, you know, and I've said this many, many times across this podcast series, but I think when organizations start to go on that journey from a data and analytics standpoint, they immediately go to the data science advanced analytics end of that spectrum because that's where they perceive the value to be and i think part and parcel of this resurgence has been because there's been so many data science ai ml projects that have got underway without the correct data management and governance and quality measures in place and ultimately the results have been subpar right they've not been what they were hoping for so they've almost you know then traced their tail back to the data management element of it and gone right we need to put more emphasis on this we need to do better at this and you know that's resulted in across the industry quite a lot of big brands you know recruiting heavily at the senior level within that space which is obviously great to see right um because it shows that we're we're starting to cotton on to the importance of of this and that plays directly into into what you just um into what you just said i guess to go back to what you was mentioning earlier a lot of these companies if they're coming to you with the same briefs i guess how how do you tackle that because i appreciate on one side of the coin as a business that is a provider of data that's how you make money right so so it's it's a case of well here's the data there you go and take it again but i guess the consultancy piece for you is is imperative in that space right because you can kind of say well look we've already give you something like this before and i guess that's tying it back into their internal data management practices and and so forth and and so on but how does how do you manage to tie all of that piece together because i guess that must be difficult yeah it is it is difficult to to manage that message as well so you know with clients coming with a really similar brief um like you're saying there's the commercial aspect to it and then there's the you know the the product and data aspect to it so um what we usually do is we go back to the client and we remind them of the study they've run previously and we say look this is how we recommend you change your brief a little bit so you can actually get something new out of this and take a step forward rather than just you know copying what you did five years ago but actually let's develop that and let's say okay what is the next step we can check in on some kpis so you can benchmark them you know now versus five years ago but actually where's your business now and how can we adapt this brief to just make it a bit more forward looking and a bit more um, a bit more insightful um not you know to to not just repeat what was done previously um yeah and it's 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 difficult definitely and you know we don't always succeed with those recommendations and that's perfectly fine um i think the one thing that is just important is for for companies to be aware of that they're doing this um and that there is a better way of doing it and there could be you know there is there's a commercial reason that you want to be managing your data um but there's also a you know progress reason and 
and you want to make sure you look forward and you don't just do the same thing over and over again um, because that's not going to drive your business forward. So um, it's it's complicated. It's a complicated um, thing to solve. And if I had a solution to it, you know, like that would be brilliant. But it's it's really every business has to has to has to decide that journey on their own. And but the one thing to realize is that that central knowledge data bank, if you want, or, you know, that central knowledge storing and sharing is really important because we're going to just have more data in the future, aren't we? It's not going to become less. It's going to become more. So being really organized at the core of it and being really aware of what data you have and whether you do want to collect that again. And if yes, why goes back to the why are we buying this data? What is the purpose of it? Um, Then I think that's what will make or break success for, for some businesses. Yeah. It's an interesting concept because I mean, I've had people on the podcast before, right? And we talk of, you know, there's all these terminologies now, right? About data is the new oil and this, that, and the other, which, you know, most people don't agree with. And I think rightly so based on the fact that, you know, if you think about the, the, the economics of data, you know, once you've got it and you know where it is, it can be used and used and used again, right? It doesn't deplete and so on and so forth. But I think, you know, part of, part of the problem is that organizations aren't doing that, right? You know, they they have it somewhere stored somewhere and they forget about it. And then a few years later, they go and try and acquire more data or find more data, which, you know, the, the, the piece around going getting market information, that, that makes sense to me, right? Because typically... Mm-hmm organizations just don't know that they can't get that data themselves well i'm sure they i'm sure there are ways to but you know what i mean there's it's not like it's their data so um they have less control over that whereas obviously data that they need about their own business i just always get the impression that the likelihood is is that they could probably go and find that if they knew if they knew where it was right which ties back into that whole data management piece and i guess not to to put you on the spot marie but what do you see in that regard you know is it often that actually the data that these organizations want and need is within that organization somewhere and i appreciate it's probably sporadic spread across various systems and databases and crms and yada 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 but is it likely though the data is already there? It's just not put together in a way that's you know presentable. Let's say sometimes that's the case. Yes, um, sometimes it's there indirectly. So um, analytics has evolved so much over the last few years, which is brilliant. So that actually um, leads us into a situation where we can use analytics to replace some of the direct data that we would have bought in the past through predicting um, and through um, implying uh, from past experiences and past data that was collected. So going back to that example of product tests, for example, um, if as a company you've been running product tests in a semi-structured way for the last 10 years or so, if you have access to all of those all of those um, concepts and how they performed with, with consumers, what they liked about them, what they didn't like, how they were rated on different aspects, um, you can categorize all of those. You can say, well, these are the um, these are the ingredients in that product, for example, or this was the pack size or whatever it was. Um, and then if you have a new concept, if you plug that into a model that can predict how much consumers would likely um, like that product or how they would rate it, that is an indirect way of using past data um, to predict the success of a concept. So as a bit of a pre-screen, instead of putting that concept in front of consumers again and paying for that data, um, 
that is that kind of first stage that you could do internally if you had access to that data in a structured way. Um, my sales teams are probably not going to like me for saying this, but <laughs> I'm just personally really passionate about, you know, being efficient and using our data and our data budgets efficiently on data that is going to make a difference for the business and drive our businesses forward. Because I think with the kind of analytics capabilities and technological capabilities that we have these days, there is no excuse for us to not do that. Now, and, and that makes complete sense, I guess, to play devil's advocate somewhat there. How much do you think when it comes down to it that, you know, because if an organization is going to go and try and do this, it, let's just say, you know, uh, ABC Limited, they know that they've got this data, but they know it's it's spread across the organization. It's in silos. Obviously, for them to go and um, find that, you know, source the data, get it into a consolidated state, so on and so forth, that's going to be time it's going to be resource it's you know x y and z do you think there's a kind of a play here where it's just sometimes easier for an organization to come to you and say you know what i know this is going to cost us money i know that we've got this data but the time and resource it's going to take us to get this into any type of state that's that's you know we can work with we'd rather just give you x amount of money to do it is there is there an angle of that do you think is it become an efficiency thing from an organization standpoint yeah, yeah, definitely. I do. I do think so. And what we see a lot with our clients is they will have um, an insights team, for example, and they will have a business intelligence or analytics team, but they're not necessarily the same team and not necessarily talking to each other as much as they could. So again, that's there where you have two really clear silos, because maybe both of them may come to an agency like Lumina Intelligence and may ask for certain data and may possibly ask for the same data. So, you know, you do you do have situations like that um, where where that happens. It's interesting. I mean, that, that whole thing is just fascinating, right? And I think I've had numerous guests on this podcast where we've talked about the whole collaboration piece between these teams and silos needs to be more, and especially, especially in regards to the data management and then the analytics piece, right? Because often what you find now is, you know, data scientists, they're going sourcing their own data and prepping it and all of that type of stuff when the reality is is you know they're spending a lot of their time uh, well most of their time doing stuff that's not data science related right you know and, and really the whole data management piece um that's what that's there for right for for that ease yeah. and efficiency for them to go right you know here's here's the data we need fine there it is yeah great thank you very much type of thing and that's not that's not happening i guess if you were to kind of summarize a few key points around what organizations should be thinking about or doing to prevent this wastage from occurring? What's the kind of advice that you normally pass on to, to the organizations that you work with? Data management. I know we've been banging on about it, but that's <laughs> one of the that's one of the first ones, I think. Um, being clear on what data you have. And yeah, like you said, it is sometimes easier to just go and do it again, just pay an agency to do it. Um, if you as a company are in a place where you can afford to do that, that's great. Um, you know, keep doing that. Lumen Intelligence will be happy. Um, <laughs> we'll be we'll be very happy. But um, no, joking aside. So um, data management, I think, is one of the first ones. Um, and then the second one actually is 
making sure that you get the data that you're buying in a format that works for you. So, you know, in research or data, you'll traditionally have a lot of those PowerPoint presentations, those big Excel sheets, things like that. Um, but they're not easy to integrate. They're not easy to integrate in a storage system. They're not easy to, to put into a database. Um, so do challenge your data providers to provide you with data that is going to work for your data management and for your analytics because that will encourage you in turn to make sure you integrate that into your knowledge database at the center of your business. So I think that's probably the two things for me. Challenge us agencies back and tell us what you need. Tell us how you operate and tell us how we can help you make better use of your data because that's in our interest as well. We are passionate about data. We love working with data and we love working with consultancy um, and with clients. So we want to see those clients succeed um, and we want to see them make the best out of the data that they buy. So any agency is gonna gonna be um, gonna be happy, I'm sure, to have that chat. And if there are any agency people listening, initiate those chats your, yourself, you know, talk to your clients, understand how they operate, understand what you can do to make sure your data gets used properly um, because that's going to make a difference. And if that data is being used every day, you're going to be really valuable and a really valuable partner to those companies. So that integration of any kind of data source from external agencies or internal data, everyone has a part to play in that and everyone has a responsibility to make that work. So it's not just on the company that is using the data, it's also on the agencies to provide a service and provide data that's going to work with that structure and that strategy. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's, I mean, that's great to, to kind of hear you say from, from a cost perspective, Marie, uh, and I guess I'm just thinking out loud here and I'm always at risk of making myself look really stupid when I do this, but from, you know, if you're, if you're, as an example, if you're providing some data in a certain type of format to, I don't know, someone on the executive team, for example, who they want to see in a nice fancy dashboard, but the reality is for them to store that data and manage that data effectively, it needs to be in some other format. How do you go about having that conversation, I guess? And and, and I guess, is there, are there cost implications? Because, I, I, you know, again, thinking out loud, but often I think what, when I think of, you know, the data that businesses store, you you automatically go to, you know, data that's in HR systems, finance systems, databases, CRMs, data lakes, whatever whatever we're talking about but then you also think about you know the powerpoints the excels the word documents that are just littered everywhere right across different servers different drivers different cloud platforms whatever the case may be but from a going back to your point there about you know it's up to agencies to offer a service and have this conversation up front you know if the ceo wants it in a nice dashboard you know you're presenting that but the reality is is for you to put it somewhere where it needs to be from a data management standpoint it needs to be in some other kind of format mm -hmm. you know to be stored in your cloud data lake whatever the case may be um is are there cost implications with that you know is it does it does it become more costly for the business to have it in certain formats than it does others i guess for agencies, I think knowing that these different kinds of data access are coming and they are important to clients, and I think they will be um, very relevant going forward, I think we need to set ourselves up now in a way that that isn't going to have a gigantic cost implication. So as an example, 
at Lumen Intelligence, we don't work with Excel sheets, really. We work off of databases, um, which for a research company is actually quite, um, is not that common because there are a lot of ad hoc projects. You just pop it in an Excel and that's where it lives and that's it, right? But having everything stored in a database just already makes it much more accessible for us. But at the same time, that means we can offer services where you just plug an API into it and you know the data can just go straight out into um, into a client's database, for example. So things like that is what we're working on already now, knowing that that's going to be important in the future um, for clients to have different access options to the data that they're buying. And ideally, agencies need to set themselves up in a way where that doesn't have a gigantic cost implication, because if it does, there likely won't be a large uptake of it. Um, but there are efficiencies to be achieved on the agency side as well for having that kind of data access and providing those different different levels and different touch points with the data. Um, because, you know, putting a PowerPoint together is really manual. Let's be honest. That's a person sitting down and dropping numbers into, into a PowerPoint, unless it's something that's automated because it's the same report every week. That's something that takes a lot of time. So there must be a more efficient way of providing that data while at the same time giving more flexibility to the client that you're selling the data to. So there, it's a, it, it's a, there's a win-win, I think, um, from both ends. Yeah, and that's really interesting that you're talking there about the, I guess, the, the infrastructure setup, right, of an agency to be able to provide that service without it costing the earth, you know, to effectively integrate the data that you're providing into the working practices of that organization which is which is really interesting okay well look marie it's been an absolutely fascinating conversation thank you for coming on and being so honest and so open um if there are people out there that you know want to ask you any questions about what we've discussed today or are interested in understanding how lumina may be able to help their business what's the best way for them to reach you LinkedIn is probably the best. Just drop my message on there. And um, yeah, we can talk from there. Perfect. Well, Marie, thank you very much for coming on. Fascinating conversation. Thank you for your time. And uh, we look forward to staying in touch. Thank you very much. Cheers. Bye-bye. That's it for this episode of Driven by Data, the podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. I'll be back next week speaking with another thought leader from the world of data and analytics. Until then, Please follow Orbition Group on social media if you've not already done so, where you'll be able to subscribe and therefore be made aware of the podcasts as they arrive. And please share, like and leave reviews so that more people from our industry get to hear and benefit from these two. If you've got any questions or you want to suggest ideas for topics or potential guests, then please feel free to reach out to me. Thanks for listening and I'll be back next week.